Blog Talk Radio. You say, for more years of traps, not a price that you're willing to pay. You cry when you see breaking news, cause you know Trump's a really dumb guy. Why so sad? You know that we proved our derangement in 2016. Now he's making us mad. Remember, despite his arraignments, he's still there. We'll fight back on the show that is called Liberal Dan Radio. We'll fight back on the air. Call me up and show me that you care. Listens rise, ratings fall, and I'll keep broadcasting through it all. So subscribe, don't be late, and you'll hear me on Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday nights at 8. Da 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 Coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. It's area code 914-803-4131. That's area code 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Hop on to the episode page and make sure that you signed into your free Blog Talk Radio account. And you'll be able to pop in on the chat and you can leave your questions and comments down there, then I'll, and I'll respond to them as I get to them as well. And also, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, on facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Uh, if you still have TikTok, uh, I guess you can't download it anymore until a solution is reached, but if you do, I'm at liberaldanradio on TikTok as well, uh, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio as well. Uh, a couple of projects that I'm going to be working on in the next few days and weeks to come. Uh, what I work on will mostly depend on, A, what I feel like it, unless I see that you guys want to um, see these things uh, in a certain order and the way to do that, and I'll, I will allow you to vote uh, on what you want to see more of. If you become a Liberal Dan Radio Patreon, patreon.com slash Liberal Dan, uh, I'll let, let the people vote to see what, they want, assuming I have more than one uh, Patreon, of course. Uh, big shout out to Demonox. Uh, he is the first uh, inaugural uh, Patreon on uh, patreon.com slash liberal band. So thank you for that. Also want to give a shout out to my little brother, the hostess, host with the most Nimbus Yosh from the Percy podcast. If you want to listen to the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast, you can tune into his over on anchor.fm slash the, per, or at the Percy podcast or slash the Percy podcast, I guess that would be correct. Uh, he's also at the Percy podcast on Twitter. Um, I have a podcast over there as well. Uh, it's Liberal Dan, obviously, there as well. Uh, you can either find me as Liberal Dan or Liberal Dan Radio on several of the platforms. Of course, if you go to liberaldan.com, there's all the links are over there on how you can support the show. Um, one of the most important things you can do if you don't, if you can't afford uh, to back the podcast. If I could get a thousand people backing this podcast at just $10 a month, I would be able to do this and not, and not anything else. I would be able to you know, produce a, a legitimately good daily podcast instead of a weekly podcast. And I would love to be able to do that. And I'm asking for your support for that. Um, of course, uh, if you can't, but if you can't afford to support the podcast on Patreon, you could always please, subscribe to the YouTube channel 
got to get up to a thousand viewers, a thousand subscriptions there as well. And if we do that, uh, then I could potentially start monetizing uh, my YouTube channel and make money that way as well. So that's all. That's all the uh, overhead out of the way. Uh, we got lots of things to go on. Uh, this has been a, a rough week, obviously, because I, for some reason I felt it was very important uh, to. On Friday, like me and my wife went out. Uh, she's having a procedure done. Shouldn't be that bad. It's just a removal of a lipoma. But uh, I'm telling you, dealing with Blue Cross cannot wait for a public option to come around because I will jump on that faster than whatever fast thing, the Roadrunner, if you want to use that, or what, anything that you might want to jump on fast with consent. Um, that, that's, that's what I'll just leave it out there. So as long as there's consent, that's what I would jump on. <laughs> anyway, um, but we both wore our uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg masks, and then we come home later, and all of a sudden, as we're watching TV, I'm getting ready to uh, play some online gaming with my friends, and all of a sudden, she goes... <gasps> Excuse me. She didn't have the coughing fit, but she did have the big gasp. And I was like, what happened? Because I, I couldn't imagine what happened because what was on television was just a crowd of not masked people at a Trump rally, which is something that's not shocking by any stretch of the imagination. And she said that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, and I was just bummed that I've been. <clears throat> it's been rough. Uh, but of course, uh, the Republicans, the conservatives, many of them out there, not all of them, but there's a good chunk of them who didn't waste any time, that could not wait for the body to be called, and had to just drool over the prospects of filling that vacancy. They can't replace her. She is irreplaceable. Um, but as I said, is the title of this podcast, we are now ruthless, so we have to be ruthless. And I'll be going into that a little bit later, uh, talking about the GOP hypocrisy um, that's going on with that um, and some ridiculousness. If I can get, I need to snag one more segment, I guess, one more piece of video during one of the commercial breaks and be able to pull that one up as well. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, grand jury, uh, the grand jury issue. That is one thing that they, uh, they had. I don't understand the need of grand jury. We should not need grand juries. Uh, of course, I think according to the Kentucky Attorney General, who is a Republican, uh, he cannot tell the grand jury how to do the job. Uh, and I'm guessing, I have to believe, potentially it's true, that he can't bring these charges, that a grand jury must bring the charges. You know, that's that's ridiculous. We, we cannot rely on, because we don't know the racial composition of the grand jury. We don't know, you know who these people were. It's a secret. And, and I'm not saying we should know who the people are in a grand jury. I'm just saying we don't need grand juries. Grand juries are something that I don't believe is needed. I think that we can get along very well without a grand jury. I think we can get along very well um, doing you know, having DAs, attorneys general, having them do their jobs. Just do your jobs. If there's a crime, do it. But the problem, the problems with having a political position that is the attorney general is too many times these people don't want to put their necks on the line. They don't want to have to take some responsibility and, and have the voters go, well, you brought charges against this person and we didn't like that. So, and so we're going to vote you out of office for doing your job. Um, so, so it's one of the reasons why you see, uh, oh, they, they might just not go after some cases where they don't have enough evidence because they don't want it to be harmed on their record. They want to make sure they have a good, good record uh, when it comes to the convictions. And they also want to make sure that the people that are voting for them are not going to be mad at the people that they bring charges against. Um, so that's probably one of the reasons why you end up having a situation like this where you know, you have, you, 
attorneys general just want us to take a step back and say, look, we don't we don't want to take any responsibility. We'll we'll prosecute the job, you know, the jobs that the grand jury grand juries give us, but we don't want to actually do the work. We don't actually want to put our necks on the line and be able to say, okay, these people are wrong and and charges need to be brought because at the end of the day, you know the people who make up a grand jury are mostly not going to be attorneys. They're not going to have an understanding of the law. And while you don't necessarily need juries to understand the law, it's the job of the attorneys in a regular trial to explain the law to the jury and to then say, okay, well, this is, this is what the law is. This is how they broke it. And this is the ways that you can punish them and the charges that you can convict them on. But there's no, there's no, there's no reason why attorneys general cannot be given the responsibility to just come forward and say, this is, these are the charges that are going to be coming against these people. And look, and, and, and you should, the law should be written in such a way that, you know, you can, you, you can give a charge. You can say, okay, we're going to charge these three, four cops with these sets of charges. You know, you can include the wanton endangerment if you so choose, and you can include murder. And if you include murder, you, judge jury should be able to say, okay, well, you know, we we can look at murder, but we can also look at lesser charges as well. Because in sometimes where you do have prosecutors who do overcharge in certain states, and and when they overcharge and bring murder charges, and the juries are not allowed to kind of look, that, say, okay, well, maybe this wasn't murder. Maybe this doesn't meet the definition of murder, but maybe this is manslaughter. Well, allow them to do that. Make sure that they are allowed to do that. Make sure that we can have that happen. Because if they don't, then that's then you wind up in cases where either you you undercharge and the people get away with a crime that they shouldn't be able to get get away with, or you overcharge and then they get away with the crime because the the juries are handcuffed in what they're allowed to do. So, and but in this case, it was left up to the grand jury to say well, whether or not they're going to bring charges, and they only brought and, and and part of it is the district attorney or the attorney general, the state still brings the evidence forward to say, look, this is what we believe exists and then explains it. So if you're a good uh, attorney general who, who believes that the people that are being ch- charged with this crime should be charged with the crime or, or potentially could be charged with the crime or getting charged with the crime, if you're a good attorney general, you should be able to indict a ham sandwich as a lot of people you say. A lot of people say a good attorney general can indict a ham sandwich for whatever. So you should be able to get that indictment. It's not the same standard of proof. The burden of proof, you don't have to prove it beyond reasonable doubt. You you need it's a lesser burden of proof. You just need to show that enough evidence exists to move forward. But one of the things that disturbed me about this and listening to the attorney general speaking after the fact was that you know, they were asked specifically, well, what you know, how many how many shots came from each officer? How many shots came from each officer and shot that shot Brianna Taylor? How many times is the first one? How many the second one? The third one? And he was like, well, we really don't know. It's hard to determine. Okay. Well, maybe say at least one or something like that. Because you know, is that another way that these people are going to try and get away with um, – try and get away – you know, the cops can get away with murder now is by just making it so – oh, well, we don't know which shots hit her. So we're just so so we're just going to assign reckless endangerment or wanton endangerment, as they said, as this charge was. We're just going to charge that, and that's the only that's going to be the only charge that they get. So you have three, four cops coming in. Everyone shoots up the place. You know that she got hit. You know, or let's say just in general, you know that the person got shot, but you don't know who shot the bullets you don't know who, who did it so is that how the is that the new way that they're going to get away with murder now is that is that the whole stop resisting you know how i've talked about this on the podcast where it was my it was my 
prediction, my belief that there was tra- there there has been training in police departments where um, police officers are told to yell "stop resisting" when they're not resisting. Police officers are told or taught to yell "stop grabbing for my gun" even if they're not grabbing for the gun, so that it gives you enough plausible deniability, gives you enough so that the juries can say, well, he thought he was reaching for the gun because he was shouting, stop and reach for my gun. So therefore he is allowed to shoot because he had a right reasonable belief that the person who was the suspect was reaching for the gun. And I was confirmed not only on one of the callers of the show, I have a person that I know who is a police officer who has said that at least in the past uh, and where he works, the department that he works in, that he absolutely uh, did see people getting taught to shout, stop right shoot from a gun, even though nobody was reaching for the gun, because it does help to give uh, deniability uh, if, if those charges were to ever come forward. If, if the officer's service weapon were to go off, purposely or not, if the person's service weapon were, was, was to be involved in a shooting uh, and ended up that discharge of the firearm ended up killing the person, uh, i.e. murder, um, when it wasn't supposed to be, when the person wasn't supposed to be, them shouting that gives juries enough enough places to hang their hats so that they can let the cop get away with murdering yet another black person. And that's what happened again here. You have Breonna Taylor, who should never have been in this situation. There was bungling from point A to point Z. And She's dead now. And there are some people who have said, well, you know, she did get a financial ruling, so that's something. Or some people are even suggesting that the financial ruling potentially made it so that they shouldn't do anything about it. Like there was a, there was a problem. They have a problem with going after Maybe it's looked at the families being greedy. No. A financial ruling is the only way, the only way to punish the organization, to punish the police department, to punish the city that controls the police department. It's the only way you're going to get a punishment on, on the, that level. Yeah, and apparently it's one of the only ways you're going to get a punishment at all because, again, the police officers can't be civilly charged because of qualified immunity, and the police officers um, are being protected by a, a racist system and the system is absolutely racist if it allows to the perpetuation of the disproportionate murder of black people by police over white people. It's a racist system. There's no way you can deny it. I challenge you to come on the call me in if you believe otherwise. 914-803-4131. Uh, you can call in and, and, and debate that issue with me. Let me know what you think about that because I really want to know. I really want to know how you feel uh, when it comes to that particular, prove me wrong. Can you prove me wrong on that? You know, I've, I've, I've issued open challenges again to conservatives. You know, not want to come on. I've had some conservatives call in. Obviously, um, usually half the time it's just uh, trolling. Um, see, what am I? Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Settlement was not all covered by the police. Oh, whatever. I don't know if there was insurance that covered the, the city, but you know, again, if if, if the because I posted on on Facebook the earlier today that um, Brett Hankins was charged with three counts of wanted endangerment. were brought by this grand jury. The only charges were three counts of wanted endangerment because he fired the gun so recklessly that the bullets went to the apartments of other people incorrect to say that these indictments have anything to do with the death of Breonna Taylor. They were adjacent, but there's nothing, there's no charges that were brought that have to do with the death of her. I think, I think it's, and I could be wrong, maybe, maybe one of the wanted endangerments was her apartment, but I do not believe that's the case because they were given the initials of the people, I guess, who owned the apartment or who rented those apartments. So he's being charged with three counts of wanted endangerment full cash bond because the bullets that he fired towards Breonna Taylor went into other people's apartments and three other people. How do you manage to fire into three other people's apartments? That's just ridiculous. How is that even possible? So 
but they need to they need to just uh, eliminate the idea of grand juries altogether. It's it, it's it's a cop out. It's a way to get away from punishment of from, from punishing people and, and having to put your neck on the line and having to put your job on the line by be, especially if you're in an elected position. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, take the first commercial break. Um, start uh, take your calls as well. Again, nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. You can also join us in the chat as well, blogtalkradio.com slash liberal band. Come to the show page, join us in the chat. You can post your questions there as well. Once I see them, I'll respond to them. Uh, again, it's the Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the team. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. It's Paul from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. And again, you can also join the show um, in the chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Uh, come to the show page. Uh, join us there as well. Um, so I gave my comments before the break about... Um, the Breonna Taylor ruling again is it's this is not justice and if there's no violence that goes on in the street tonight I will be shocked and I I don't blame people you know the riot as Dr Martin Luther King said the riot is the voice of the unheard people do not people who are tired of not being heard are going to riot. And it's as simple as that. You can't expect them. At some point you have to expect that something bad is going to happen, that that people are going to seek vengeance, that people are going to do seek to just tear down the system because there's no reason for 
for them to behave within it because if they behave within it, they still end up dead. Oh, but people shouldn't resist arrest. A lot of times the people, oh, I should probably do it. Uh, well, people shouldn't resist arrest. If they resist, if they wouldn't resist arrest, then they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't be shot by the, well, Bianca Taylor was never given an opportunity to comply. She was shot in her bed. She was shot in her bedroom. Uh, same thing, Tamir Rice, John Crawford, people who were never given the opportunity to comply people who were just summarily executed. I mean, to me, Rice, again, they rolled up onto, they rolled up onto the scene with Tamir Rice and they just took it. I just shot him. And, they, and what happened? They lied. They lied about it. They said, Oh, well it wasn't immediate when we rolled up. And then they, and then somebody showed the footage and there it was. They roll up. Boom, boom, boom. Immediately start shooting. It's absolutely absurd. That, that they can get away with this. And that person, that, that person who killed Tamir Rice isn't in jail. The person who killed uh, all, all the names of the people, Eric Gar, plenty of people. I mean, some of them might not have their jobs, but again, a lot of just like the Catholic church issues where they would just take people, priests in certain precincts in certain parishes, and they would move them to the other parishes. I mean, come on. How could you, you know, this is giving these people, these sickos, fresh meat. It's not, it's not okay. It's the same thing here. You know, oh, you're giving these bad cops just more people to shoot. Move them to a different department, and they just do the same crappy things to different people. It's absurd. Anyway, so, that, you have a president who, again, and fans the flames. He calls for destruction of property. Should call for so-called retribution. Retribution for the destruction of property. Now, again, you know, Joe Biden is saying that you shouldn't riot, you shouldn't loot, you shouldn't destroy private property. And you know what? When people who are, if people are caught destroying private property, they're probably going to get punished. And look, the law doesn't have a problem punishing people who who act like that. But people wouldn't be acting like that if you would treat them with just a modicum of respect. If you would not uphold a system that murders black people just for being black. And we've gone over these numbers as well on the show before that. If you have, you have everything else being equal, it's the, the only, the only reason if you look at every other aspect of these shootings, Look at every other aspect of these shootings, you see that only reason why police use deadly force is because of the color of their skin. That's it. Their blackness is viewed as a weapon. And that needs to stop. And people on like Facebook are like, well, maybe you should take a ride along with, with the police and know what they go through. Maybe, a, you know what, I have. Thank you very much. I have sat in with police. I have gone on a ride along. I have went through a citizens police academy where you learn all about what it is to be a cop and all the different things that that go on. And one of the things that we did, we got to take part in one of those simulators where the computer will determine whether or not you shot. You did you use deadly force? Were you allowed to use deadly force? Now, with me, I did it right. I apparently, I, I was like, I waited for the exact, like, there was a point where you could use deadly force and where, where deadly force was allowed. I got it like less than a second. It was like point zero one two or something like that. He grabbed the, the, the guy in the video, grabbed the knife, and I was like, and I got him. So... Under pressure, but anyway, there's also a simulation because there are studies that show, oh, on simulations, the police are more likely to shoot the white people than the black people. Well, in a simulation, if you come into it knowing that you wanna, you're gonna be hesitating on whether or not you shoot a black person or not, then guess what? That's not gonna be an adequate measure. You need to put a real life situation. And this is not to say that you can't feel, you know, elevated heart rate because it does put you into the situation, especially as they have you 
you know, giving commands to the person as you, you would to a police officer. But again, they also got, went into the force escalation. Like, when should you put your hand on your gun? When should you unholster your service weapon? When should you be able to fire your service weapon? These are all things that were covered. They're, they're supposed to follow an escalation of force, not roll right up and shoot. And then what happens if they come into the wrong house? They start shooting at you. You're just supposed to get shot. It's ridiculous. Anyway, there is plenty of other stuff. We, I could talk about white supremacy and the disenfranchisement of, of black voters. What, what pisses me off, too, is that you have these voters who don't understand that, oh, the parties are the same. I can't vote for the Democrats because it's just same as the republic i probably shouldn't do a, a red with that one i should probably do a whiny one because i started a little hashtag hashtag whiny little shits and i usually don't curse much on the podcast i apologize if you're listening but hashtag whiny little that's what i've been calling the people who didn't get their way in the primaries and are upset about it and are not doing what they need to do to make sure that trump gets defeated because this is absurd we know what happened in 2016. In 2016, I was making the arguments on this very show that the most important thing, not only was the most important thing the Supreme Court, but that we don't know how long Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to last. So we needed a vote to make sure that we could get a Senate, and we can get a we can get a Senate that's going to confirm, and we can get a Democratic president who's going to appoint a good. Supreme Court nominee. And of course, as the numbers show, 10% of Bernie supporters would flip to Trump in those states, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, and that handed Donald Trump the election. Had those people simply just voted for Jill Stein, Donald Trump would have lost. Now, in this election, I'm not advocating for that, unless you're in a state that doesn't matter. If you're in Louisiana, I'm not going to, at this point, I'm not going to advocate you voting for Biden. If you really are that angry that Biden's the nominee, if you want to go vote for the Green Party candidate, by all means, go vote for the third party candidate. Fine, whatever. Because Louisiana is going to be the last state. 49 states, 47 states could all go blue. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama might be. Actually, you know what? I think. Alabama does have a Democratic senator at this point. I mean, he was running up against a alleged uh, pedophile judge, Roy Moore. Maybe, I mean, maybe those states might be an earlier flip than a Wyoming. Maybe Wyoming should be considered up there and not and less likely to flip than Mississippi. Alabama. Louisiana, even, I mean, we do have a Democratic governor in Louisiana, but for president, no, we're not, we're, Louisiana's going to be all gung-ho. Shit, we're going to be gung-ho for uh, Donald Trump. So that's what that's what they're going to do, and my vote's not going to count. So, wait, hold on. My vote is not going to count. It is what it is. Thank you, Donnie. Um, but, so, again, Friday, me and my wife, we're out. And my wife doesn't go out. During this pandemic, she has psoriasis. She takes medic- medicine that makes her immunocompromised. She stays in. She's, as she's described herself, I've been a recluse. I've just been in the house doing nothing for most of the time. This is, I could probably count to the number of times on one hand that she's left the house and gone somewhere where other people were, excluding the hospital trips that, you know, we had to take Friday and we took Tuesday. But we both, we, she wore her RBG mask, I wore my RBG mask, went to the hospital, I also wore my no malarkey shirt. Um, I was like, look, when we go out, I want to wear this because I want people to see. I want people to see the support for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and for the fact that we need to make sure that she's protected and replaced. And then later on that day, she died. Because, and I mean, it's been coming. She fought hard. She's a fighter. She's a fighter for not just for her own health, but for other people. And you know, it's it's a it's a tragedy. It is. It's an absolute tragedy. 
um, and then Republicans are seizing on this opportunity. Now, let's just remember what Lindsey Graham. Well, well first let's let's go ahead and you know I haven't done this bit in a while, but we're going to do this bit first, and then we'll we'll talk about good old the good old Republican Party, the good old party. This week's Superfit of the Week are the Republicans, including Lindsey Graham, who said in 2016 that if there was a vacancy in the last year of the first term of the Republican president, that they would not vote to confirm that one, and you should use their words against them. Of course, now they are going to push through a confirmation by Donald Trump in the last year of the first term of Donald Trump. To see who next week's Superfit of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk on the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. There you go, hypocrites of the week. I, I was, I, I knew who, I knew it was going to be somebody. I, I, as soon as she died, I knew that there was going to be a hypocrite of the week this week, and that it was likely going to be one of the GOP senators. And now it's just going to be all of the GOP senators, or most of the GOP senators, I should say. But let's listen to specifically what Lindsey Graham said. Let's listen to what Lindsey Graham said last, last time around. In 2016, we've got the votes to confirm. No, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. Let's see what Lindsey Graham said in 2016. And if Ted Cruz or Donald Trump get to be president, they've all asked us not to confirm or take up a selection by President uh, Obama. So if a vacancy occurs in their last year of their first term, guess what? You will use their words against them. I want you to use my words against me. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make that nomination. And you could use my words against me, and you'd be absolutely right. We are absolutely right to be using Lindsey Graham's words against him if, if, if he were to want to push through a nominee. Was there ever any doubt that the Republicans would be hypocrites on this issue? I could have said four years ago, some week in the future, if for some reason there's, a not, there's an open vacancy, regardless of who, who dies, if there's a vacancy in the Supreme Court in the last year of the, of the first term of Donald Trump, the Republicans will be the hypocrite of the week for that week because we just know – that there's no way that they were going to hold themselves to the standards they set to themselves. And that's important. I'll get to that in a bit. But let's talk about the next audio, the audio from where he was on Sean Hannity the other day. We've got the votes to confirm uh, Justice Ginsburg's replacement before the election. We're going to move forward in the committee. We're going to report the nomination out of the committee to the floor of the United States Senate so we can vote before the election. That's the constitutional process. After Kavanaugh, everything changed with me. They're not going to intimidate me, Mitch McConnell, or anybody else. I'm getting outraised three to one, outspent four to one. If you want to help me fight back, go to lindsaygram.com. Five or ten bucks from half your audience would fill in the gap that I'm facing. <laughs> but we're going to have a process that you'll be proud of. The nominee is going to be supported by every Republican in the Judiciary Committee. And we've got the votes to confirm the judge the justice on the floor of the Senate before the election. And that's what's coming. That's what's coming folks. Oh, you just wait till you see what's coming there. Uh, Lindsay, wait till you see what's coming. As I said, we are ruthless. So we must be ruthless and later on the show. And here's the point later on the show, Sean Hannity, or at some point in the show, Sean Hannity was talking about how the Democrats, you know, like to like to play dirty or whatever, or like to break break standards or break whatever because of the court packing thing. And we'll get to that in a second. But that's always the case with them. They like to abuse the system, be hypocrites, but then criticize the Democrats for trying to do the same thing. But the Democrats haven't done the same thing. But let's yeah, let's let's talk about a couple of things that in that audio first is that first of all. How do they know they have the, they have the votes to confirm? Do they? I mean, we know that Romney has said that he's not going to block. I don't know how Romney would have been able to block anyway. We know Romney won't block. We know 
and we 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 haven't heard anything from Grasso. But even if if Romney said he's not going to block, then you don't have the four that you need, unless some magical person comes out of the blue to be like and grows a spine and a conscience and says, you know what, we shouldn't be confirming. So I'm going to step up. One or two, we probably need two people like that, just to be sure. But but the um. They already know that they have the votes to confirm. They don't even have the person who's going to be confirmed, sort of, supposedly. Now, it may very well be possible that every GOP senator knows who is going to be the confirmed, and it's probably going to be Amy Coney Barrett. I don't see why it wouldn't be uh, the other individual who's been mentioned. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll go with her because she is a first-generation American with uh, her parents were from Cuba, and maybe Donald Trump's going to try and pander to the um, pander to the Cuban voting bloc in Florida instead of trying to pander to the uh, extremist conservatives who really like Amy Coney Barrett. Um, basically, the religion that Amy Coney Barrett practices is literally the religion, the charismatic Christians, literally the religion that was the basis of the bad people in Gilead who formed Gilead in The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, this is literally who these people are. I almost said Hallow would be the Ori because that's from Stargate, and it's very close to the same sort of religious observance uh, that, that they, except they're not super powerful like in Stargate. But no, uh, blessed be the fruit. May, may the Lord open. You know, I've been practicing those things because I've been binge watching Handmaid's Tale, and I picked this th- these weeks to binge watch Handmaid's Tale. My wife had to stop watching it because she said, this is just too real. This is too real. This is freaking me out. And, you know, it might be freaking me out a little bit too, but, I mean, sometimes the truth is even stranger than fiction. But the other part, great thing that was great about that audio that, that Graham on, on Hannity was talking about was it was just so great to hear how he's, like, being outraised and outspent. Yes. Awesome. I'm very, I hope Lindsey Graham loses his seat. I, I, there's a lot of political consequences here. If they move forward and try and push through this nomination before the election, Susan Collins may be in bigger trouble because the Susan Collins says, well, I'm not going to vote uh, to confirm this person because of the same policies uh, that you, uh, you said in 2016. If she does that, the liberals in her state are be like, well, or no, the conservatives in the state are be like, well, why should we vote for you? You don't support us. We're not going to come vote for you. And if Susan Collins does vote to confirm, they say, look, there's nothing I can do to block this, but I'm still going to vote to confirm. If she votes to confirm, then the liberals in the state are going to come out and be like, well, screw you. So Collins may very well lose her seat, regardless of what happens, or regardless of what she does. And maybe she's trying to play that play it so that she loses the least amount of votes, but I, I don't, I don't think this is good for her. Um, I, th- I think you can, there, there's a lot of close races out there for the Senate. Um, and if, if they, if they get it before the election, then Warner doesn't come into play, but there's a situation where uh, Mark Warner in Arizona, he's destroying his Republican opponent, the incumbent. And so we, the Democrats could gain that seat immediately, which means the Democrats need to gain three more net seats, whether or not Doug Jones can retain his seat. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. But this, the threat that the Republicans are going to replace or fill the vacancy. I don't like saying replace uh, our BG because you can't replace her. She's irreplaceable, but filling the vacancy, the, the, the chances of her, of this vacancy being filled by somebody like Amy Coney Barrett, who will be a conservative activist judge, in my opinion, somebody who would who would go against a stare decisis on previous rulings and seek to overturn, as John Roberts, Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice John Roberts has said, um, you know, settled law, settled law. So. Maybe this brings enough more people to maybe cause the Georgia Senate seat to be in play. It's close, 
Right now, Georgia's close. Hell, there's polling that's showing that Mississippi might even be attainable. I don't think Louisiana is. There is a Louisiana election going on right now. I don't think Louisiana is attainable. I'll still vote for the Democrat, absolutely, but I don't think it's attainable. Um, of course, we'll see. But, I mean, you've got uh, Hickenlooper in Colorado, very popular governor. You've got uh, Bullard, I believe that that's his last name, or Bullock, Governor Bullock from Minnesota. Uh, he's doing well. Um, you've got several other possibilities where you could get enough flips. If you can take Collins, the, the main seat away, if you can take, I mean, Biden's doing very well in Maine, so hopefully there's some good coattails there. If you could take away Colorado, if you could take away um, one more, plus actually two more at that point. You need it because we need four. And Jones is questionable whether or not he'll retain the seat or not. Now you've got a football coach running for, I think it's a football coach running for the Senate there. And you don't know, who knows, but with, with a, with a president that has watched over the death of 200,000 Americans, tens of thousands of Americans died because of this president and his unwillingness to take the virus seriously, his downplaying of the threat. These Senate seats may have already been in play, and now you throw in the Supreme Court. So what happens? What, what do we do? Oh, wait. First, we've got, we got to talk about Moscow Mitch. We have a clip from Moscow Mitch. Well, as all of us have pointed out, we have an obligation under the Constitution, should we choose to take advantage of it, with a president of the same party as the Senate to advance the nomination. Well, all of us, we have a nomination as a Senate. No, here's the deal. If it's an obligation, you don't have a choice. Being obligated to do something means there's no choice in the matter. No choice. And if there was an obligation to do it, you would have had the obligation to have done it when Barack Obama put up Merrick Garland to be the replacement for Antonin Scalia. And Merrick Garland wasn't an extremist liberal justice. Now, he wasn't a Scalia type, but Merrick Garland was, was, was a kind of consensus pick. People that conservatives loved when he was appointed previously. They liked Merrick Garland, but because it was an Obama appointment, they had to oppose it. And they knew that they could get away with it, and they were hoping, they were, they were, they were trying to pull that inside straight by having Donald Trump be the one that wins, and as such, or at that point, I think it was so early in the, in the nomination process, you didn't know who the president was going to be. It was either going to be Trump or Cruz. But at that point in the, in the process, because again, that, that was even further away from election day. That was like 10 months, not a month and a half. But, and, and here's, here's the thing that, that's just, you know, the, the Republicans are trying to say, oh, the Democrats are hypocrites because the Democrats are saying now uh, what, opposite what they said back then. No, that's not how this works. And I'm not having, I'm, miss me with that. You can miss me with that. And this is why. The Democrats aren't in power. The Democrats are not in power. The Democrats do not have, are not in control of the Senate with a Republican president. If the Democrats were in control of the Senate and had a Republican president, like what's going on right now, and the Democrats said, well, you know, we're not going to confirm your nomination, you might be able to make the argument of hypocrisy. However... However, since the bell has already been unrung, or rung, you can't unring it, had the, well, the Republicans already did what they did in 2016, if the Democrats control the Senate, now you could, they could simply just say, well, you guys did this, and now we get to do it back because turnabout's fair play. We might not agree with it, but we get, our, we get ours. We get ours. But that's not even the case right now because they don't control the Senate. There's no way that you can make a logical argument about the hypocrisy of what the Democrats are doing because it's not hypocritical to expose other people's hypocrisy. It is not hypocritical to hold other people to the standards that they set for themselves. This is just like back when David Vitter was running for the Senate. 
back when David Vitter was running for governor, I, I said people were like, "Well, Bill Clinton cheated on his wife, and you're not you're not you're not upset at Bill Clinton." No, because I'm not I'm not holding people to my standards on that. I believe that people's personal lives should be the, their own business. But David Vitter specifically said that if you're caught having an affair, you should resign. I was holding David Vitter to the standard that he set for himself. Bill Clinton didn't set that standard. Bill Clinton didn't say, look, if you have, a, if you have an affair, you should resign and then be caught with an affair. So just like that, the Republicans set their own standard, and we're holding them to that standard. But obviously we can't. There's no power. There's no way to stop it with legally. And I'm, I'm going to make this point. I'm gonna, this is how I'm wording it. Legally, there's no way to stop it. If Donald Trump wants to, wants to appoint Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court to fill the vacancy left after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, the Senate has the power they probably don't even have to hold a hearing. They could probably hold a one-day hearing. Hey, you good? You good. Okay, good. They could confirm her by next week. They so chose. They could. Nothing we could do about it. There's not a damn thing. Because you had people back in 2016 who were unwilling to understand that the Supreme Court was the most important thing facing this country and that you are one justice away from seeing women's rights, LGBTQ plus rights, going gone, going the way of the dodo. And they refuse to listen because they're whiny little shits. Sorry, I have to say it again. That's who they are. They don't want to listen. And they still don't want to listen. Even more of them don't. Some of them, some of them are, to their credit, understanding that, look, we made a mistake. And there are even Trump supporters who are like, look, we made a mistake. But they're liberals, progressives. I, I really, I would love to just do an entire show on the whole semantic argument of left and liberals and progressives and whatever, you know, I've called myself all three. I call myself a leftist. I've called myself a progressive. I've called myself a liberal. These things are, you're not either progressive or not. There are, there are varying levels of progressiveness. There are varying levels of being liberal. There's varying levels of being on the left or being a leftist. The, the argue, oh, I'm not a liberal, I'm a leftist. What? That's just silly semantic garbage, in my opinion. But I'm open to being convinced otherwise. If you're a progressive, you think, if you're a leftist and you think that there is a huge difference between saying that you're a leftist and you're a liberal, call in 914-803-4131. So, but this is what we need to do. And I've taught, I have a video on this. Again, youtube.com slash radio. Check out my videos. My most recent video that I made right before this podcast, I think two days ago or whatever. Um, the most recent one I was talking about, again, how do we fix this? What do we do? Well, obviously we can't stop the combination from taking place. Republicans want to do it. They're going to do it, but we need to make them pay the price. We need to be ruthless. We need to win the Senate overwhelmingly. So, so there's no doubt because Donald Trump's going to pull out all the stops. We need to go vote. And I'm almost to the point of saying, look, take the risk. Go vote in person. Because Donald Trump has said specifically today that he is going to try and destroy and eliminate all of those votes. That he wants to get rid of all of those votes, the mail-in votes. He wants to block the people from casting legitimate ballots, folks. Legitimate ballots. He wants to take – this is – I'm going to have a series. One of the things that I'm going to be doing, hopefully, is making a video series about the GOP coup. It started all the way back in 2010, but this is part of it. This is the end of it. We're seeing it come to fruition, and if we let it happen, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. I mean, obviously, we can blame them, but they won't care. Have to stand up and form a united front against this coup. But he want, he's going to try his damnedest. That's why he wants, that's what he wants that ninth. Supreme Court justice, because right now it's it, right now it's very possible that it would go to the Supreme Court and you would see four to four, because Roberts would probably serve with the side with the liberal judges and say, look, you can't throw out these ballots. These are legitimately cast ballots. You can't throw them away. Sorry. Sorry, you just can't do it. 
one would like to hope that maybe one of the other ones would be like, you know what, this you're, you're, you've gone too far. I'd love to see an 8-0 or 9-0, probably be 8-1, maybe 8-2, maybe uh, Justice Barrett and Justice Thomas would join together and say, hey, we're going to – we think it's fine for you to throw out these ballots, but no, but we need to stop it. We need to, we need to once, and once we flip the Senate and retake the presidency, we need to pack the courts. And how do you pack the courts? Well, the size of the Supreme court is not set by the constitution. It's set by law. Congress can write a new law that increases the size of the Supreme court. And some people are using 11, 11 is too small because 11 would take, uh, take, a conservative 6-3 court and make it 6-5 on new issues. We know that John Roberts will vote to support a conservative law where there's no Supreme Court precedent. So if there's a new abortion restriction that hadn't been ruled on for, John Roberts will vote to support or to uphold that new anti-woman, anti-uterus, anti-choice law. I'm sorry, I said anti-woman. It's, it's anti, anti-person because there are, there are people who are not women who do get pregnant. Trans males who still have their uteruses intact, uh, non-binary folks well, as well. So my apologies. Um, so 11, you know, so if, if there was a situation where, you know, if you had another like law that tried to, uh, tried to put the admitting privileges thing in, because Texas admitting privileges law, John Roberts said, yes, let's uphold that law. And he lost five to four. But then the next year when it came around and Louisiana tried to get that same law to be upheld in the Supreme Court, John Roberts was like, no, this is settled law already. We already decided this on the Texas case, so we're not going to change our minds. We are going – and it, it was another – it was a 5-4 decision. So Roberts came in and, and upheld what he had previously said, which was that he would uphold settled law. And he viewed it as settled law, and he stuck to his guns. So good. But there's new laws that could come forth every day, and if there's no settled law, then Roberts is free to rule like he ruled in Texas, in the Texas case, and potentially help strip away women's rights, help strip away LGBTQ plus rights. Um, so... That's why you need 13, because you need the three to offset the three that Trump made. Now, that being said, you don't go for 13. You go for 15, because you don't start a negotiation where you want to end up. You start a negotiation with things that you are willing to give away. That's how it works. It's the art of the deal, I suppose. Anyway. So that's what that's what we need to do. We need to flip the Senate blue, retake the White House, and then pack the courts. And when conservatives whine about it, we're gonna say, You made your own bed, now you gotta lay in it. So and what 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 is it? It is what it is. There you go. So um let's see. With Donald Trump saying that he I mean there's, if you watch, if you're watching, if you're listening tonight, um, All In with Chris Hayes has an article from somebody from the Atlantic who goes into more details over how this could be the election that destroys America. That you, know, you have examples of the Trump administration and the Republican Party specifically showing you how they're going to try and steal this election. And I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy craziness but that's why we need to all get out and vote and so uh, probably uh, Trump has said that he's going to announce his Supreme Court announcement on Saturday 5 p.m. Eastern that's 4 p.m. Central so I may very well be doing a live broadcast live response um, to do what told you so maybe uh, if he picks Amy Coney Barrett because I've been using Amy Coney Barrett as the example for weeks and months now and as to why we need to get behind Joe Biden just to make sure that Trump wouldn't get to name Amy Coney Barrett to the bench. But unfortunately, we have, again, we had the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So it is what it is. 
foot. So I might do that. It's possible sometime tomorrow if I'm available to. I have to change around my errands all week because, again, my wife's having her procedure on Friday. Hopefully, again, hope everything goes well with that. Say so if you whatever, however, however you wish to send well wishes, I appreciate it. Um, but again, I will be uh, potentially doing some more live streams. I hope to make another uh, mini cast as well, and I hope to be producing some YouTube videos. Um, one of which is going to be on the Republican coup, some more fat man rants, some more uh, coming to terms on activism, doing all those things. And if you support the podcast, again, if you go to the Patreon, support the Patreon, I'll give you a vote on what you want to see, and I will work, I will prioritize those videos in that order. But you have to support the Patreon first in order to get that vote. Anyway, this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, blogstalkradio.com slash liberaldan, facebook.com slash liberaldan, at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Go to liberaldan.com for all the other social media links. And again, go to patreon.com slash liberaldan to support the show as well. Uh, there's the Trump live announcement on Saturday. I'll sure be streaming that on youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. I'm also going to be live streaming the debate on Tuesday, I believe it is. So join me for that as well. Until next week, Dan Zimmerman of Little Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.